Welcome to The Mend, a podcast to learn about services and support for victims and survivors of crime sponsored through the Center for Crime Victim Services here in Vermont. I am Anna Nasset, and I'm the host of this bi-monthly podcast and show. Today on the show, we have Eric Friedman and Kelly Putnam to discuss an exciting community initiative, Stand Up for Safety, in the hurdles in the service and hospitality industry regarding sexual assault, domestic violence, sexual harassment, and human trafficking. The show was created to take a deeper look at services, organizations, and concepts for victims and survivors of crime. We want to acknowledge the healing process and provide resources not only in our state, but throughout the country that could benefit victims of crime as they begin to mend. And today we are going to be looking at community response. I invite all of you to listen in and learn and take some of these things back to your own communities and work. As always, I want to begin with a trigger warning. Our goal is to create a safe place to discuss topics of healing. But with that in mind, we may occasionally hear a story related to crime, discuss our mental health, or have other sensitive matter. We urge you to take care of yourself and listen at your own discretion. Today's episode is very near to my heart as we look at my own community of the Mad River Valley in Vermont and how a conversation at a Chamber of Commerce mixer led to a community initiative that is leading the nation in response to domestic violence, sexual violence, stalking, human trafficking, and sexual harassment. The campaign is called Stand Up for Safety, and I'd love to start by introducing my guests and then start our conversation. Kelly Putman is joining me here, originally from Woodstock, Vermont. She left the Green Mountain State to attend Cornell College and study industrial and labor relations. It was there that her interest in human resources took flight, and she's now applying her knowledge and supporting coworkers ever since at Lawson's Finest Liquids. Over the last decade, Kelly has worked for a few companies throughout New England, ranging from international student travel and development organization to Vermont's own Cabot Creamery, before joining Lawson's Finest Liquids team in Waitsfield as their HR manager this past fall. With Lawson's Finest, Kelly works to build employment in, employee engagement create a safe and inclusive work environment, and bring in key partners, including stand-up resources, to educate and elevate the workplace. Kelly and her husband love living in the Mad River Valley, and when they aren't working, they usually are found on a hiking trail alongside their two golden retrievers, Monty and Maple. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, thanks for having me, Anna. Yes, and also joining me today is Eric Friedman. He was born and raised in Paramus, New Jersey, and was fortunate enough to escape the burbs for Northern New England just as soon as he could to live a life of outdoor adventure with a major focus on skiing. A history teacher by trade, he eschewed the educational realm to become involved in the ski industry. Eric was the marketing director of Mad River Glen for 24 years. He helped to found and develop America's only cooperative-owned nonprofit ski area and was instrumental in the Mad River Glen success story. Becoming executive director of the Mad River Valley Chamber of Commerce was a natural next step. Today, he works to fulfill the organization's mission of improving economic well-being of Mad River Valley businesses through leading destination marketing, building brand equity, and creating a unified and engaged culture. He lives in Moortown with his wife, where they enjoy hiking, skiing, traveling, and their empty nests after raising five kids. Welcome so much, Eric. Thanks for having me, Anna. Yes, yeah, so thank you so much for being here on the show today. Um, longtime listeners are going to go, well, these people don't work in victim services. Um, and I'm so excited to just bring in some community members to talk about this Stand Up um, for Safety campaign and how we're responding. So, Eric, I'd love to start with you. And can you just start by sharing with listeners how Stand Up for Safety came to be and the importance of community connection and communication? 
Yeah, absolutely, Anna. Um, well, it was kind of interesting. Um, we had a uh, Chamber of Commerce mixer, which is one of those things that I normally like to avoid, like the plague. And um, you were there, Anna, and you met with uh, um, one of the other business owners that owns an inn in town, and you guys struck up a conversation about um, what you do for work. And uh, and the the co-owner of the 1824 house um, said, oh, that would be an interesting thing, and maybe we should do that in the hospitality industry. And um, and offer some programming with that. And, and I think, Anna, you had, that was something that had been kind of percolating in your mind prior, um, prior to that conversation. And, you know, the next day you came up to me and said, hey, you know, I think this would be a good idea. You know, I talked to, uh, um, to, to this woman Farrell about it and would like to try to maybe do something. And I immediately thought it was a great idea. And, um, went after went to work and tried to get some sponsorship for it and that didn't take too long did it no <laughs> um, a couple of days they just jumped right on that and um and the, the response to from everyone that i spoke to was really really positive about it and we hosted our first um uh workshop that anna facilitated um in november i believe it was and uh it was one of the most well attended Chamber of Commerce workshops that we've ever had. Um, we had about something like 75 uh, individuals showed up for it. And it was really remarkable. And it was really eye-opening for me to, to learn more about the subject because it was not something I knew a whole hell of a lot about. Awesome. Yeah, it really was amazing that, you know, pre-pandemic, I'd kind of been thinking about this idea because I bounced in and out of the service industry for, oh, since I was 16. Um, just around the different hurdles that people experience and what our customers might be experiencing, what our colleagues might be experiencing and how we address those and was just blown away by how quickly this all came to be. And I mean, honestly, I, I went to that chamber mixer because we'd been in lockdown for so long and it was an outdoor one. And I thought, yes, I can go meet some community members. And free beer too, right, Anna? What was that? Yeah, and free beer, free yes. Beer <laughs> um, and so it was just really incredible to be able to see this come together so quickly. Um, Eric, would you share with listeners, and we're going to kind of break out the campaign as we go throughout, we'll talk about it as we go, like the different materials we have. But for right now, would you share with listeners, as a longtime member of the Mad River Valley, how this community started to look at safety for community members and vi visitors many years ago? well before other small communities were doing such? Yeah, um, I've lived here for going on 35 years. And, um, you know, so I've, I've known a lot of the people around here and I know this community very well. Um, and there was uh, an incident that happened, gosh, it was probably, probably 20, 20, 25 years ago now. Um, and there was a woman named Sue Russell uh, it was a friend of mine and uh, her husband actually built our house and I uh, knew, you know, knew them, knew them very well. And um, there was an incident where she was uh, stalked and raped and left for dead and uh, really a tragic story. Um, I remember it very, it very, very close to home for me because uh, I was in the bar that night with my wife um, and like I kind of saw this stuff go down and it was, um, it, it was, it was really, um, it was a really sad moment for, 
for our community. And um, you know, it's one of those things that we don't expect to happen here. Um, and I think it was really cool the way, and I think Sue to this day would would say that the you know the community really rallied around her, which was great. Um, but it was a it was it was a really a, a tough situation that that this community went through, and certainly Sue and her husband and her family went through for sure. Um, so I think that was always kind of in the back of my mind, um, you know, at some level. And then you know when you started talking about this on a kind of creating a this workshop and then you know what turned into the the stand up for safety program it was always something that was kind of near and dear to my heart uh because of that experience absolutely i mean i think it really shows i mean uh, for listeners who have listened before we ended last season with a two-part um interview with sue russell and um her advocate and some other folks that have followed that journey with her and i think it's really profound what this community did not just to support her in the aftermath, but to really start to educate themselves as, as to what can happen regardless of a very rural safe community and really look at how to make sure that we're holding one another in safety and holding one another accountable. So I really credit Sue to laying that foundation through such a horrific experience so many years ago. Um, and I'm excited to send her this podcast. So Kelly, I'd love to turn it over to you for a little bit. Um, from an HR perspective, what are the hurdles work, people working in the service industry are facing, especially around sexual harassment and sexual assault? Um, we'll start to talk about our own personal safety in a little bit, but what are some of the hurdles that you recognize? Yeah, absolutely. And our paths actually crossed on it at that um, chamber workshop in November. So I'm very grateful, Eric and, and to you, Anna, that you guys put that on. It was such an asset to the whole community and to businesses like ours um, to have those conversations. So while I was there, I actually met some other folks that are working locally and, and our community is really service oriented. Um, I'm here at Lawson's Finest Liquid. So we're a brewery and we have a big tap room space, kind of a restaurant atmosphere. Um, but we also have obviously our inns and hotels and um, massage services. Uh, there's a lot that we have to offer here. Um, so a lot of different angles, but I think that what can be really tough about it is that sometimes the dynamic is there's a tough power dynamic involved in a service industry position. A lot of times you'll hear the customer is always right as a phrase that gets thrown around, but I think that can really be toxic when employees aren't empowered to stand up for themselves or, or to have expectations of their own in terms of how they can be treated. Um, that also continues into having a tipping aspect uh, directly linked to the wages of an employee, right? So if you're going into your evening and what you're gonna walk away with is, is totally at the mercy of somebody whose opinion and experience with you, um, you know, it has to meet their expectations, then that's something that that's really tough. It, it puts you in a tough position in terms of advocating for yourself if something comes up. Um, and again, I think, I think that making sure that we're mindful of that and, and supporting folks throughout their time in the work environment is huge. But sexual harassment, unfortunately, or, or worse, has been a part of the industry for probably since the beginning, um, women in particular. I know that people of color often experience racism when working in the service industry and, and different types of harassment. Um, and unfortunately, at some places, it's pretty intertwined with the culture and, and relatively accepted. Um, so I think it's so important that we <laughs> 
as employees and also as business owners and, and contributors are standing up and calling it out and, and empowering our employees to make sure that they know that they're not they're not less um, because they're serving somebody. They're they're very much an incredible respect respectable individual who um, who deserves to be treated as such no matter what. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, like Lawson's and other businesses I've seen that are doing that are, you know, in the service industry is one of the things that you're doing is taking away that hurdle of the wages by paying everyone a fair wage and tips go to nonprofits here in Vermont. And I think that's a really amazing way to just kind of take that piece of the power dynamic off the table. Um, additionally, like as I was preparing to do that training that we did this fall, um, I was looking at different businesses online and, you know, I went to Lawson's and I started to see all the things that you all are doing to create a safe and inclusive work environment, um, including bringing me in for some sessions um, later in the year as well as last year. So can you just talk about how how that came to be that you all started to really look at this and how, what, what that's looking like for your business so that maybe others can follow by example? Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. So um, Lawson's Finest has been quite community minded and environmentally minded really since the beginning, but I would say our efforts have really, um, they really launched in June of 2020. So a group of employees came together to form our equity, inclusion and diversity board. Um, and they, they got the blessing of Sean and Karen Lawson, who are our owners. And they were so supportive of us just taking a look at our company internally and externally to figure out what changes we can make, what are the best practices out there to make sure that we're creating equitable opportunities. Um, just taking a look at how we're spending our money, who are we partnering with and what are their values and what are they supporting? Because obviously it's a it's a circle, right? We're all connected to one another and, and where we're putting our energy and time and resources is gonna come back around. So being really mindful of that. Um, part of that effort is also, like you mentioned, creating this safe and, and welcoming environment for our employees, as well as our patrons and our guests that come and enjoy our space. Um, so when we had this group come together, they've, they've really made incredible strides. I was honored to join the group when I joined the Lawson's Finest team six months ago, and um, we meet regularly to continue these conversations figure out ways that we can expand our reach internally, also how we can work with external businesses partners and encourage others to take some similar steps as well. Um, it's all captured in our action plan, which is found on our website. But I think what it really comes down to is, is prioritizing the safety of, of our employees. And a big part of that is the sexual harassment side of it. So um, that was really at the top of the list when we took a good look at it. And, and it is something that can be prevalent in the service industry and the restaurant type business. So we just wanted to make sure that our staff and our, our patrons knew that those behaviors were not acceptable and give them resources about how to handle it if, if they were to encounter a situation like that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I love like when I go in there that you have this signage that you've created right when you walk in the front door and that really just sets that standard. Um, I just think that's so important. I've really just admired the other work that you all have done to reflect back on your own selves as well as to really look outward and see how you can continue to just serve the community and um, so many different people in such incredible ways. Um, it's really, really impressive. So Kelly and Eric, as a tourist community, had you thought before about visitors to this community who may be experiencing harm? Or on the flip side, how to address harmful behaviors that may be displayed in our inns, restaurants, resorts, 
and more. So kind of thinking of, because we have thousands of people come here every week um, that may be experiencing interpersonal violence, may be experiencing a sexual assault, stalking, human trafficking. Had you ever really thought about that before we started to have these conversations and just thinking about how you can address that? And let's start with Eric. No. <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I mean, I, it was not something that I really thought too much about. I mean, I clearly, I knew these sorts of things happen and I, you know, and, and I'm not naive enough to think that it doesn't happen here. And again, the whole experience with Susan, with Sue Russell, you know, brought it home to me, but even that, you know, it was not something that was top of mind for me. I worked at, you know, the, the scary for 24 years and it was not something that I really thought about too much. And, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit, you know, my wife and I will you know, talk about, she got going for a hike and I'm like, you know, so why don't you go walk out behind the trails in our house? And she's like, Oh, I wouldn't walk back there by myself. And I'm like, why? You know, and it was, it was like, I just didn't grasp it. And, um, and when we had that workshop and we started talking about it and when I learned more about things, you know, that the activities that you were doing with your business on it, I, you know, it's, it's sort of to kind of, make me more aware of it, um, which is a good thing. And um, so, yeah, so the answer is no. <laughs> Thank you for your transparency. And I think if anything, like, it just highlights like our ability to to learn and to become educated on different things. And, and that, I don't know, I just have a lot of respect for that. So thank you so much for your openness. And it's been awesome working on this campaign with you. Um, so Kelly, I would ask you the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think similarly to Eric, I we have this idyllic view of Vermont and, and our small, lovely community, and it's really hard to imagine it happening here. But I mean, that like your example, Eric, it, it happens everywhere. It definitely happens here. Um, you know, folks are coming and going from our community and, and they're bringing with them their human experience. So it's something that we just have to assume is happening and, and figure out how we can help with it. Um, here in our space, we certainly focus on the customer experience, of course, like like all, all companies do as someone comes into your space. But I think these conversations have really um, opened our eyes to know that we're one touch point, right? We have this gift of time and somebody's attention. So if we can use that as a vessel for good and change, then it's an opportunity that we definitely want to take advantage of and, and making these resources available. Yeah, it was really interesting to me. I, I was just last week, I was... <coughs> driving around handing out some of the, you know, the program materials. And I went to one of the restaurants and they were, you know, they weren't open yet. And there were, there were two employees there and I handed them, you know, the materials off to them. And, you know, one of the women said to me, there are two women. And one of them said, do you really think there's that much of this stuff going on? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, I pointed out, I said, you know, in the workshop, I learned, you know, that there really is. And just all these stories that were coming up. And then the other woman said, yeah, just last week, one of our waitresses was heading home and she was followed home. And like, and like, it, I was really shocked about the attitude. Like, it was sort of like, not a big deal. It was not something that was, they had talked about. And it was, that was eye opening. So it was like two colleagues that, well, I think asking it didn't happen. 
you know, oh, do we have this? And like the other one saying, yeah, it just happened last week to one of our people. Yeah, I think that especially in the service industry, we can just get so numb to it because it is such a part of that workplace. And so, you know, I mean, I think that's one of our things with this whole campaign is to really start to say, like, this isn't okay. Like, we all deserve better and we all deserve to be able to drive home safely, take a hike safely, sit and have a drink safely, all of those things. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I know as somebody who I get people email me quite often um, if they've, you know, had an experience of a sexual assault or stalking. And, you know, I've had numerous emails from people in this community who have experienced violence um, from customers, from partners. Um, Yeah, just so many different messages and emails that I've gotten. Oftentimes, I don't even know the names. Um, It's anonymous, but it's, it's glaringly here. And, you know, we like to pretend that it's not because we live in the safe bucolic area, but it's everywhere in our country, in our world. And I'm really grateful to live someplace that's willing to start to tackle this and take it on. Um, so kind of before I tell what we're, what we're kind of rolling out here, I'd love to, you know, kind of similar question. Had you thought about the harm that people living in this community may be experiencing? You know, your neighbors, your colleagues, your coworkers, um, the person sitting at the table next to you, had you thought about that before? Which has obviously become so much more heightened during COVID when there was an inability to really be able to access services or to leave the home. And I'll go back to you, Eric. We'll start with you. Yeah, again, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like I said, I, you know, maybe I'm an insensitive guy, so my kids tell me. Um, but yeah, it's not something that I really just gave a whole heck of a lot of thought to. Um, and, I, you know, again, clearly I knew these sorts of things were going on. And um, I think more from a, you know, domestic, you know, violence kind of thing, you know, I was certainly more aware of those kinds of things um, and, and child abuse and things like that, just, you know, having kids and growing up and knowing what was going on around here. Um, but I got to tell you, like I said, that the workshop in November was an utterly eye-opening experience for me. And, you know, just the sheer number of stories that were coming out of there. And it was like practically everyone there had some kind of experience. And I, I was like, wow, really? Like, that's crazy. And um, including men, which was, and again, then when I thought about that too, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'd sort of been the victim of that myself. Um, yeah, I remember at one point I, I asked everyone, I was like, is there, any, raise your hand if you can honestly say you've never been sexually harassed and not one hand went up. And there was a mix of men and women in this, women in this training. So it was, you know, I kind of started with, like, this is a base level thing that everyone has experienced. Um, you may not have experienced these other violences, but everyone has experienced this. Yeah. Um, same question for you, Kelly. Yeah, I would just totally echo a lot of what Eric said. I think, I feel like the pandemic has really exacerbated so many of these factors. And I know, I mean, for my work, I'm, I'm pretty focused on at least the folks in my orbit and, and trying to stay in touch with how how they're doing and how they're feeling and, and what's going on with them. But um, similarly, when I'm out to dinner, that's not really something that I'm focused on. I'm, I'm out enjoying the experience. So it's something that I think is really good to be mindful of and, and finding ways that we can be talking about mental health and, and a lot of the various aspects that, again, 
plague everybody and plague our community and, and really aren't talked about. Sometimes it's seen as a bit taboo, but I think just initiating these conversations and, and normalizing the space and, um, you know, taking more of a proactive approach instead of reactive is something that I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of and, and grateful that is being spearheaded here. Yeah, and I, I tell you, Kelly, and one of the things that's interesting about that is, you know, as I've talked to um, my colleagues in the Chamber of Commerce world, and, you know, I've been talking about this, and the reaction that I've gotten is like, oh my God, you're, why would you talk about this? Like, that's yeah. not going to be helping bringing, you know, visitors to your community. I'm like, well, I don't know. It, it seems to me that if you show your community as a caring place, that it's going to be a more appealing sort of a place and and that we are in a, a, a you know authentic true community and i think that's one of the things about the matter river valley you know as opposed to some other places that i and i think that that community word is thrown around a lot mm -hmm. um and i think we really have it here in in many ways and i don't i think of it this what we're doing is a really a positive thing uh and the guy was shocked at yeah well that that had that attitude and again and it was rocking because they were women mm -hmm. yeah i think i think that that's a i'm not shocked to hear that reaction because it is it's a tough conversation to bring up especially when you know the angle is to draw visitors but if, if you're not talking about it it's still happening it's just probably thriving more in the shadows because you're not shining a light on it so um i do think that's what another reason why i feel like this is so important absolutely thank you for sharing that so basically what ended up happening was Eric and I kept having conversations and we put together this training that we did up at Sugarbush and had everyone attend. And, um, you know, I kind of taught everyone how to look at, look for um, signs of different types of gender-based violence, how you could respond, how you could start to work with management um, to create systems in your own businesses. And then we kind of, you know, sent everyone back out and... What came out of that was, um, one, I developed a larger training for Lawson's that we're still doing right now. So I've done one session with them. And then along with that, we came up with a poster. And I'm going to have Eric show it up to you all in a minute. But what it is, is it's a poster campaign called the Mad River Valley Stands Up for Safety. And um, what we essentially are doing is taking it to every single business that's public facing and asking them to place it in their bathrooms in each individual stall for male, female, um, and gender neutral bathrooms. And the reason for that is, is if somebody was experiencing harm, whether it be a guest to our community or someone who lives here, the bathroom is often the only place where someone can be alone. Um, and so we wanted to give a resource and that place where they could be, where they could get help. And so along with that, we designed a QR code that goes to a web page on the Mad River Valley Chamber site. And that web page provides resources, not just here in our county and state, but also nationally to get help um, for just a variety of crimes um, from human trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, um, you know, all sorts of different crimes. And our goal is, you know, we're never really going to know the results of this campaign, and that's okay. It's not about knowing the results a bit. It's about really creating a community standard that people will see wherever they go, and so they know that they are in a safe environment when they come to our community. And, you know, developing trainings to, to do with other people as well. 
Um, so Eric, would you show us that poster and just maybe kind of read the language off of it for everyone? Sure. That's what it says there with our chamber logo on there. It says stand up for safety. The safety of staff, guests, and the community is our highest priority. Inappropriate behavior or harassment will not be tolerated. If you feel unsafe or uncomfortable, please let the staff know we support you. In a crisis, text VT uh, to the number 741741. And for additional resources, follow the QR code or go to medrivervalley.com slash MRVcares. And it's got the, the um, QR code and our sponsors, the ski areas and Waitsville Telecom and Stand Up Resources and Lawson's and really appreciate all of the um, contributions to yeah. make this from those from those partners. Absolutely. And then we also designed a little sticky pad that just has like um, for oh, Eric's holding that up now, too. And that sticky pad can be either put on a mirror or put into um, the drawers of hotel rooms. So that somebody right next needs to the Gideon's Bible, Anna. right? Right next to the Gideon's Bible. So if somebody needs to just pull that off, it's something they can tuck in their pocket and hide for when they are able to access those resources when they are um, alone in the future. And I don't know, like I'm so proud of this. Every time I go to the bathroom when I'm out in public now, I get teary-eyed. <laughs> There's been many bathroom selfies taken lately with the signs. Um, it is just the coolest thing, <clears throat> and. Um, you know, Eric, from my research, this is the first community in the country to take on a campaign like this. Like individual businesses have or schools have or, you know, an individual bar might. But I haven't seen an entire community take something like this on. And so, Eric, I'm curious if this surprises you. And also as a man who has lived and worked in the ski industry for years, what have you learned from this experience? A lot. <laughs> um, you know, I... I think, you know, one of the things that I learned and I, and I, I remember, I kind of reflect back on some of the, um, the incidents that happened at Mad River over the years and, and times when I didn't do anything and, you know, seeing a kid being just utterly abused by a parent, you know, uh, physically, emotionally, and it was like, you know, what do I do? And I, did, I didn't even, there, there was no training on that. And, um, and seeing some kind of, you know, creepy behavior in the bar and things. And I, you know, looking back on it in retrospect, like, damn, I didn't do a goddamn thing. And mm -hmm. I was, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, now I feel just in that one workshop, I feel a lot more prepared for it. Um, and I think the other thing that I took away from that was, you know, from that, that workshop specifically, um, which you did a masterful job on, I have to say on, I mean, like I said, you do, you do great work. And, um, that some of my takeaways from that were the fact that most of the people there, I don't know, what would you guess, um, Kelly, 65% women there? 70 Probably. Yeah. yeah um, that, you know, the women showed up for this and the men less so, um, and I think that's something that you know, going forward, we need to turn that around a bit um, and figure out ways to engage, engage the men and, and make them more, I'm gonna say willing partners, but more, um, more involved partners in the effort. Uh, I also realized, and one of the things that I'm really 
want to make sure that we don't do is that this isn't a one and done thing. Um, there are far more people didn't go to that workshop than did. And um, that we need to make sure that we can, we do this type of training over and over and over again for years to come. Uh, and that we um, fine tune the program. You know, I've, I've already received a lot of uh, input and, and feedback on what we were doing. Um, and, you know, one of the things you mentioned, uh, Anna, was that, you know, we're putting these, you know, these posters up in bathrooms. Um, finding out that more, I'm trying to put them more up in very visible places right when you enter a business, mm -hmm. in addition to. Yep. Um, and, and that's been, you know, really great. I mean, I went to the bank the other day and, you know, the branch manager said, Hey, can I have one of those for our front bulletin board? You know, I love bank. that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, it's <laughs> that's sitting in, you know, like Northfield savings bank right now, which is, which is really great. Um, and, and people are talking about it. So, you know, I, I said, I, I think the challenge for the chamber, uh, is to keep this thing rolling and, uh, and to keep doing a better job and fine tuning it. I, I had someone come up to me and say, Hey, how come these are only in English? I'm like, okay. You know, fair yep, enough. Absolutely. And the other people are like, well, it's QR codes. Nice. But you know, if someone's being trafficked, they might not have a phone. Probably don't. Um, said, good point. You know, so there's things we can do differently, better, maybe, uh, enhance the program more, but just keep at it. Uh, and as you said, I don't think there's necessarily, a way to determine how well it's doing. But if we can prevent, you know, one thing from happening to somebody, you know, it's all worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, I mean, that is really, you know, for years within this movement, that's very, still very young. Um, it was all about how do we respond to an assault? How do we respond to this violent situation? And now we're really looking at how do we prevent it? And that was some of the stuff I taught in that course was bystander prevention and intervention and giving you tools that you feel comfortable with. So if you see someone creeping at the bar, you can actually say something. And, um, you know, those are the ways that we just really want to be able to bring all people in um, to know that they can all, just through very small, simple acts, prevent something much larger from happening, or just make sure that somebody has a comfortable experience. And yeah, yeah I want to see this grow too. I don't want to, you know, six months from now be like, okay, we put the posters up, okay, we're done. Um, just to keep growing this and um, taking on that information and tweaking it to just make it more and more successful. Um, thank you. And Kelly, I'd love to turn over to you with one more question. Um, having, we've done one session at Lawson's um, with the team there, and you have these posters in your bathrooms. What has the response been from your staff? Do you see any measurable change or do you see or just kind of what has the response been um in the culture there and what people have thought of all of this yeah absolutely um it's been incredibly positive um after you left here and did your wonderful session on sexual harassment and bystander intervention with our our staff in particular doing that in extended in-person session they you know we had employees come up and just say thank you like thank you for talking about this Thank you for giving it the time. Thank you for caring. Thank you for empowering us and having our back as we're, you know, working out with the public and, and subjected to any comments that may come their way. Um, and that nothing feels better than that. I mean, that's what you hope for is your staff to feel safe <laughs> at minimum in your workplace. Um, 
So it's just, it's been really positive. They've, they've been so in favor of us taking such a strong and, and um, direct stance to ensure that we're creating a safe and inclusive environment for, for everybody. I mean, that's the goal. We're still working on it. It's something that can always be improved, like you said, but um, just taking the steps that we can to, to make that message clear. And um, again, just keeping everybody safe while they're in our space, um, whatever that looks like physically, emotionally, um, that's huge. It, that, it's amazing that we, that's a gift that we could give that they totally deserve and, and we're psyched to do it. So thrilled and looking forward to your next two um, trainings with our staff, Anna. Me too. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I think, thank you so much. So in closing, I mean, we've kind of already talked about this. So in closing, maybe, you know, one of the things that I think was so cool about this was how quickly we brought it together from just like a conversation to launching this campaign in a really short amount of time was astounding to me. So maybe instead of how would you like to see this moving forward, because I feel like we've kind of already tapped on that, how would you recommend people who are in different communities launch something like this to their employee or to their employment and or to their community? Eric, I'll start with you. I would recommend hiring this great facilitator. <laughs> we can't say that on here. <laughs> um, it's, you know, I, I, I really think that it's one of those things where, where communities need to come together over for, for these types of things, because it's a good thing to do and it's an important thing to do. And, um, and that there's so many side benefits to it that, that communities might not realize. I certainly didn't realize it. Um, you know, I got members of our chamber of, we have new members of our chamber of commerce that have joined the organization because we did this. And they've told me that. And I've noticed in the last, you know, six months or so, this, you know, veritable plethora of women-owned businesses joining the chamber, which is pretty, and especially younger women, who I think are, would argue, like, I would argue wouldn't necessarily know what a chamber of commerce even is, like my kids don't. And, um, and that it has spawned other things that we have a new women's business owner initiative that started with a lot of these women that uh, got involved because of the Stand Up for Safety program. So, you know, I think there's a lot of unintended consequences that in, in many ways are super positive. Um, and I just would encourage uh, other communities to, to just talk openly about these kinds of things and bring them up because clearly it's, it's an area of interest for people. Uh, it, and I'm sure we're not alone in Absolutely. And chambers and, you know, for here we have select boards. Like these are places where you're supposed to be able to go and talk about these things um, with leadership in the community. So I'd highly recommend that as well. And for you, Kelly, how would you suggest to somebody who might want to start something like this at a place where they're employed or they might own, how would you suggest they go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with just one voice. And as soon as you make that message and support clear, I, I know here, was so excited when you reached out about this. And, and my hope is that other folks would have a similar experience finding allies and, and pushing this forward and really bringing it to fruition. And, um, you know, the barrier to entry is is relatively low. You guys did a ton of work on the back end to get all the resources together and to get all the buy-in. And, um, you know, that is not to be understated, but, you know, 
for a business to put a sign in, in a bathroom stall, again, if it helps one person, it's so worth it. So I think if you're at a place of employment and this is resonating or um, even if it's not and you want to talk about it more and, and dig deeper, I would just encourage anyone to just start that conversation um, in those allies and, and get going because it's so worth it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It never hurts to just be that voice that says, hey, can we do something about this? Um, totally. Because look what yeah, we're doing. And having these, things, having these things in the bathrooms, too, someone encouraged, they said, oh, we should have a new logo for a new uh, tagline for the Valley. It's come to Mad River Valley. It's the place to go. <laughs> <laughs> so very true. I did an interview about this for a local news station the other day in the Lawson's bathroom. And Definitely the weirdest interview location I've ever been before, but also like so heartwarming to um, to be there and do that. Um, it echoed. It did echo. Yes. So if you want, you're welcome in our bathroom anytime. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so if you want to learn more about the stand up campaign, um, and you can see images of the postering that we did and all of that, you can find the campaign and resources on my website, StandUpResources.com. And there's a little drop up down called the Stand Up Series. Um, you can also go to madrivervalley.com backslash MRV dash cares to see the full list of resources that we have listed. And you can learn about what the work that the Lawson's is doing at lawsonsfinest.com. So I would encourage you to take a look at all of those. And um, I always like to close my show on a positive message. We have a lot of victims and survivors and advocates and law enforcement and prosecutors and military members who listen to the show. Um, so if you could share one parting thought with our listeners, um, what would that be? We'll start with you, Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that just, just lead with your values. I think that I have learned great lessons in, in knowing that leaning into what I think is right and and having those conversations has been the most fulfilling and, and led me to this place where I feel supported and, and feel like I can actually help make a difference. So um, just listening to that voice and knowing that there there's an opportunity for, for change and, and growth and, um, you know, find your people that'll back you up because they're out there. I love that. Find your people. It's so very true. <laughs> um, and Eric, for you, something positive you'd like to close with? Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's, you know, the power of possibilities and that even in uh, in a small community like this, you can make a difference in someone's life. And I, and that's that makes me feel good to know that we that we have that ability to do that uh, in an organization like this and uh, and to be able to meet cool people like you guys. And um, and it, yeah, it's it's not what I was expecting when I took this job that I'd be involved in these sort of things. But I'm really glad that that I am. And and that we're doing good stuff. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you, Kelly Putnam from Lawson's Finest and Eric from the Mad River Valley Chamber of Commerce for joining me today. Um, if you have questions about the show or comments, you can always email me, Anna at standupresources.com. I'm host Anna Nasset of this bi-weekly show. Thank you so much for joining me on The Mend. Be well, be strong, and goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or feedback. We love hearing new topic ideas from listeners and watchers as well. Thank you for listening to The Mend and be well.